This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Nerds Podcast number 912. This episode brought to you by Squarespace. Beautiful templates created by world-class designers. Squarespace makes it easy to turn your idea into a new and unique website in just a few Jonas. (laughs) Am I a measure of time now? You're a measure of time, (laughs) I bet it's a long long amount of time. It's going to be very confusing to people because you're in this intro, but you're not actually in this episode. Squarespace also has analytics that are going to help you grow in real time. If you have a question, they have award-winning 24-7 customer support that's going to help you out. Think it, dream it, make it with Squarespace. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. When you're ready to launch, use the offer code NERDIS. Save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Thanks to Squarespace for sponsoring this episode of the Nerdist Podcast. Jonah Ray, do you have anything coming up that you want to promote? I got nothing. <laughs> when is this podcast coming out? What are you, Matt Myra from two years ago? <laughs> it's funny to say that now because he's, like, he's busier than all of us put yeah, together. Yeah, true, 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 true. Uh, I, uh, no, I got a... Uh, when is this coming out? Today? Tomorrow? Okay. Right now. Uh, I'm 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 hosting a benefit for 826 LA. Oh, that's which great! It's a uh, nonprofit uh, aimed at help, uh, doing free for creative writing classes for uh, yeah. kids. Uh, and we're so we're doing a half 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 marathon in LA Historic Park. Go to 826LA.com for information on that. It's like it's like a it's like a tiny little marathon, but there's like these little. Um, things you have to do along the way, like you know, like stack a book on book on your head. Like there's all these little challenges oh, that's you gotta cool. do throughout. And there's going to be you know food, uh, music, uh, there's beer and stuff like that. It's at LA Historic State Park, and so that'll be a lot of fun. What's the website for it? Eight two six LA dot com. I think it's like they have it on their front page there. And then uh, in Los Angeles again, I'm uh, I'm going to be performing on a show uh, with uh, one of my favorite bands, Fart Barf. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which is a great band. I highly recommend you guys check out Fart Barf. Fantastic. Um, uh, you'd, like, it's like, you'd like them. Real synthy, cool stuff. Great. Uh, but then also, uh, Harmar Superstar is on the show, and Honus Honus, which is uh, Ryan from Man Man, and I'll be on that show as well. It's a bunch Fantastic, John yeah. Ray. Oh, and then now uh, we're reading Plan 9 from Outer Space. For a guy who didn't have anything to promote. <laughs> These are just shows. <laughs> They're just shows. These okay. are just like, but this is like, you know, to announce local things always feels weird, don't you think? No, not at all. People, yeah. people want to know. Where are you doing the Plan 9 reading? At Largo. It's uh, Dana Gould, Janet Varney, um, Ron Lynch, uh, Matt Bronger, like Great. a bunch of us, Laurie Newman. 
uh, and we're do- it's, we've done it a few times. It's a lot of fun. Great. Yeah, I play you know like the main the main guy in Plan Nine. So I get to do that voice. You get to do it's in the back. It's, a, it's in the back. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Gutter. Yeah, I basically do Bruce Gutter. I love Bruce Gutter has been absent for. A long time. Yeah, I was in rehab. <laughs> rehab was in the back. Rehab was in the back. Back bay. It was up in Bodega Bay. Beautiful this time of year. Katie, what else have we got from the nerds community? Uh, a Cincinnati soup kitchen and food pantry was recently robbed and had computers and bank info stolen from their offices. They serve over 1,600 people every week, so this very much affected them as they have to buy a lot of food. They set up a GoFundMe to help raise money, and any extra money that they uh, they raise will go towards buying food. So you can find that at GoFundMe.com slash WHKitchen. And then Jordan Anderson writes, I just wrote and self-published my first book on Amazon. It's titled Life After. The best way to find it is to search my name, Jordan Anderson. It's a short novel taking place in a zombie-ridden northeast Tennessee. And it's available as an ebook for $2.99 and paperback for $9.99. Fantastic. Oh, also, I started that, uh, that, that other Instagram account for fun, Movie Shite. Uh, oh, where you go around and just say, like Bell Lugosi died here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like I went to the uh, you know Michael Myers house and I like old photos I find and this movie shite. Was, so that's shit with an e. Yeah, I think people know. Yeah, yeah. probably a lot of. Yeah, yeah. We it's know fun. the shite. It's fun. We know what shite is. Yeah, yes, stupid bastard. We know what shite is. <laughs> Jonah. This episode is the Duffer Brothers, Matt and Ross. I was so bummed I couldn't make this. They one. were great. Yeah. I, I, I hammered them a lot about Wayward Pines. Oh, yeah? It was a great show. Yeah, yeah. I remember you liking it. It was one that. of those, like, you know, I don't think the net, I don't think Fox really expected much from it, so they just like, I just put this out, I guess. And then yeah. it was a hit, and they were like, fuck. But by that by the time they realized that, the Matt and Ross were already making Stranger Things. Man. But uh, Stranger Things Season 2 comes out October 27th. So uh, that's probably at, like, midnight Pacific, Co- Pacific time, I imagine. Yeah, probably. So that means there's going to be people that have watched the whole thing and spoiled it by the time we wake up. By the up. time you wake up, yeah, yeah, yeah the whole thing is yeah. going to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The de- when does the Demogorgon get to the fireworks factory? <laughs> 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 this episode also brought to you by uh, Stamps.com. Stamps.com lets you buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package, any class of mail using your own computer printer. You just click, you print, your mail, and that's it. And it never closes. Print the letters or packages at your convenience 24-7, and then you're gonna, they're going to send you a digital scale to calculate the exact postage you need. You're not going to waste a penny, and they're going to help you decide the best class of mail based on your needs. You're even going to get discounts you can't get at the post office. Suck on that, post office. Stamps.com brings all the services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your fingertips. Right now, enjoy Stamps.com with a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus postage and a digital scale without long-term commitments. Go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in NERDIST. That is Stamps.com. Enter the promo code NERDIST. Never go to the post office again. Stamps.com. Never go. (laughs) Here's Nurse Podcast number 912 with the Duffer Brothers and not Jonah Ray. Yeah. (laughs) Duffer Britain. Duffer man. All right. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now entering... Nerdist.com Your premiere is Thursday. The big premiere is Thursday. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It's all crazy. Well, I'm excited because we get to see, we get to see it on a um, like a mo- proper movie screen. Oh, right. Which we haven't even done. Like, because because last year it was like it was not. They kind of it was like 
it was you know it was a kind of they put this projector together. It wasn't, it wasn't like a real movie theater that we got to experience it. And so what was, the, was the vibe last year? Like, did Netflix say, this show's going to be a hit? Or were they like, eh, we're going to release this. Good I luck. think they do it. They treat us like every other show. They, they just like, it's another dart they're throwing. Right. You know, they really liked it. But no, I don't think they thought it was going to No, be I think the hit. thing is that if they put this stuff out there, if it's, you know, a lot, you know, can find it, hopefully we'll find an audience. They thought it was going to take a lot longer than it did to find an audience. That really? was the only difference. They said it, they thought word of mouth was going to get the show a lot of fans. It was just going to take some time. That's what we were told. But they and they were they, they were very clear. They were like, "There's not going to be marketing or blah 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 blah." <laughs> well, at least they, they were honest months, about it. Months and months ahead. But can you? They'd seen. The but show. can you imagine if they did it for all their show? I mean, it would only be Netflix marketing everywhere. They have so much content and so many. Did shows. He, I just read like this year it was like they're going to put out eighty movies. Jesus, there's going to be, the be one movie. every four and a half days or something. Yeah, they average. did the same thing with you know with stand up. Uh, oh, I know. They, so did this, they did the same thing where they – it was like, oh, wow, Netflix is a really amazing platform because it's one of the few destination platforms where people will actually go and see a yeah. homepage and get recommended. You know, it's like it's just different than the way people normally engage with entertainment. Like the, those those days are over, and but Netflix had it. And then, <laughs> then they were like, well, now we're going to do one special a week for 52. It was like, oh, that's a lot of specials. <laughs> I mean, it's great. There's a lot of comedy, but I think – it can be a little overwhelming sometimes for people oh, who yeah. are like, oh, wait, there's like 10 other things just came out. You know, it's stressful. I remember when season one came out, I didn't even see it as recommended for me on that list, you know, their algorithm. And I'm like, I made this for myself. How <laughs> can it not be recommended Netflix to me? is like, you don't like your own work. I know. Uh, I was like, if I can't find it, how's anyone going to find it? But, uh, but they, did. they did. They well, did. yeah, because it was it was it was one of the. Oh, actually, look, someone gave me that that VHS box at uh, see right oh, there, yeah. right Isn't next that to Java. Cool? I yeah. want them to actually put it out. It's a Stranger VHS, Things VHS to actually box. Actually, put it out on VHS. I and think it would have to come. I think with it would have VHS to come. Player. I said it would have to come with a VCR. There's a. It would have to. People yeah. don't. You know, but I think it'd be fun. I don't know if there's a tape in there or not. Someone handed gave me that gave that to me at Comic Con last year. Oh, there's not. Oh, now, now they actually did put it out. Like they put I mean, it out. The, the Blu-ray box looks like this. The Blu-ray release does look like this. What's funny to me is that I think I had assumed that you were maybe a generation older than you are, but this, yeah. but it takes place before you were born. Yeah, yeah but we grew up on v- v- VHS. Gotcha. Right? That was like, a DVD was like a hard transition for me to make because that, that I was, we were we were in high school. But that's what's interesting, I think, is that, and maybe part of what led to Stranger Things is that we fell in love with these movies. On television screens. Got it. I didn't see E.T. theatrical. I mean, I'm bummed that I didn't, but I didn't see that. I didn't see Indiana Jones. I didn't see, you know, the original you mean on Star the big Wars screen. on the big screen. Right. And I didn't see it theatrically. And so I think that – so we – when we fell in love with these movies, it was on this tiny box of a TV and just sitting But it on. didn't seem to, like, diminish the power of the no. movies at all. Sure. Like, I remember seeing, like, the double VHS Braveheart, I mean, tons of times, but it was like – it felt huge, right? And right, I was watching right. on a 10 inch. Because I can television. count the movies that that like when I was growing up that blew my mind that made me want to do this. And some of them, like Jurassic Park, I did see on the big screen. But a lot of them, yeah, I remember watching Goodfellas. I rented it from the library VHS, <laughs> and it was mind blowing. It blew my mind. <laughs> That's so I was funny like, that but, you can rent Goodfellas yeah, on VHS you can, the from library. the public library. Yeah. Wow, yeah, for free. That's, Those were the days. That's fantastic. Yeah. But um, I no. So it was no when DVDs came out i was like um 
I, I just felt like it was it didn't matter to me that the image was crisper because that was it. We were watching a really small television, right? And so and then so the bar that I remember you know, watching the, last month, the, Eakins it, DVD, yeah. it's like it's like well, a if you're sliver. watching with a two, three, five, you know, aspect. aspect ratio on a small television, it's worse, frankly, than watching it on VHS. Can I can I just backtrack a little yes. bit and ask you some Wayward Pines questions? Oh, oh my god, okay, because that was a show that sort of felt like. My wife and we were we were dating at the time when it came out. Yeah, like Wayward Pines. This looks really interesting, and fell in love with it immediately. Like, <laughs> oh, oh my god, this is great! But it sort of, it felt like a limited run. It was like, okay, well, this the you know, I guess Fox is maybe going to take their hand, like True Detective style. Like everyone's doing these limited run shows. Yeah. They got Matt Dillon. They got you know Carla Gugino. They got to assemble this cast and they do this show, and uh, and then they put it out and they were like, oh fuck, <laughs> yeah. oh. Shit, people, we got to do something. We got to, I don't know if we were prepared for this. Yeah, no, no, I don't, well, we, that was a weird experience. Though, though I don't, I, I, Stranger Things would not exist were it not for Wayward Pines, because we had no TV experience, and then we had, we had one, like, one script that worked, that we had written. But I we remember, we a bunch of scripts, and then it was, like, we were really into Shyamalan when we were growing up, and then it was like, it was, it was sort of like an old school Shyamalan movie. And then so Shyamalan read it, at some point, somehow it was submitted to him, and he read it and liked it because it because we were ripping him off. And he, <laughs> he, and he likes his own work. <laughs> He's like, I love this. I'm like, yeah, no shit, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we're trying to be you. And then so he then pulled us into that, and then that was that was but, really interesting. Because well, we had this idea, like we had the idea for Stranger Things when because we were figuring out what the next project could be and we had the idea and we're like no one's gonna let us do tv we have no idea how it works at all and then it was a it was about a week later it's just one of those fluke things that you know they said you know you want to get on the phone with m night and so and that and that ended up we were supposed to just consult for a few weeks and then we ended up being on the show through, uh, it was like over six months, seven months. It was just a, became a what was supposed to be a two week job became a full. And that job. was quite the cast because it was like Matt Dillon, <laughs> Melissa Leo, Terrence Howard. Yeah. I mean, for like you're we were like that was end. really the deep end in terms of working with these because uh, we were this you know it, it it was it was we learned a lot doing that and i doing think that we did, how to work with actors and we so. came out of it and we're like i think we can i think we know how to do this we know i didn't feel how like to that at all i just felt like it looked like maybe we could say that <laughs> <laughs> well people showed um, up the thing is airing it feels like we do you have well you have the proper credit you know it was like somehow we got you know muscled our way into getting an ep credit which is kind of what you need and then um and use that to convince people. Usually you have to go writing. up through room, various writers' rooms to get up to the level that we needed to. But somehow on that one, you know, what we realize is amazing in Hollywood is if you tell people no, if they're offering you something like money or a job and you say no, then they'll throw you more things. They go crazy. <laughs> well, I think what happened was they were in the, we were in the middle of shooting Wayward Pines. It was actually, it was actually an exp- really expensive show. I'm sure it was. And uh, it was, uh, they didn't have, in the writers, were, I mean, the actors were sort of rebelling and they didn't have anyone who script they were liking. And they liked, in night liked our stuff. So they had to have us, right? And we were able to use that to get us. I mean, um, the, the pacing of that show was really interesting because it was opposite, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of shows like, you know, True Detective, and I thought True Detective was great. Yeah. I'm not sure I was – I totally 
was super jazzed at the ending. I'm like, oh, it's just a dude. Like, I just thought it was going to be like this. What could, what could, what ending could be satisfying after all that build up? Though? I don't know. No, you're totally the right. Journey, the journey, the journey was worth some, it. it yeah, no, no, I no. thought it was going to be at least supernatural or super science or something. Yeah. And it, and then ultimately no. it was like, no, nah, not really. It's it's just, just, a dude. A, just a dude. But uh, and he, you know, he has a little bit of a vision, but I don't know if that really means anything. But you know, Wayward Pines. And and I feel like when when most shows or series like have the big idea, like yeah. this is the big idea, they fucking hold on to it as long as it's humanly true. possible. But yeah. Wayward Pines, like four episodes in or five episodes, that's in. what drew us to it because they sent us the first five. I couldn't believe that they they gave the twist away at four. That was a uh, that was a uh, Chad Hodge, I think, the creator yeah. of that, who did that. I don't know if it was him and Blake Crouch who wrote the books, but it was they, bold that they just they just. Here yeah. it is. Here it is. This is what this is. <laughs> this is all. This is all this craziness. And then you're like, wait, what? What? You know? And then it's then, bonkers. Yeah, it is bonkers. But you didn't have anything to do with season two, I imagine. No, you no. Were probably doing Stranger Things. We were doing Stranger point. Things. Yeah. 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 So yeah, because yeah. season two, they were like, well, how do we? I seen it. Yet. Where do we go from? Well, it's just dealing with the aftermath of everything you learn in season one. It's just they. <laughs> They are. I'm motioning so you understand what this means, but people who haven't seen it yet, it's not spoiled. But it just <laughs> takes place in a different time, yeah. Uh, and they're just dealing with all the stuff. But by that point, y- y- did you, when you finished Wayward Pines, yeah. did you had are you had just decided well, we were only going to work on this for one season anyway? Yeah, uh, we had we kept trying to go to do Stranger Things because we had the idea and so we just got Wayward Pines ended up taking a lot more time than possible but the good thing about that is we we had some money and we're like now we can spend a few months develop this show and it did take a while because it was really from summer and we didn't sell the show until February so it was like six seven months of just us a lot of it was us developing it on our own eventually we brought in uh, Sean Levy and Dan Cohen in 21 Laps, which was, but that was months into the process. We had the season arc, we had um, a lookbook, we had the first script, and so we had a lot of it figured out. But that was, that so Wayward Pines, it, like, it, yeah, provided us uh, a platform to learn. Like, we learned how to do television, and then it also, um, yeah, it gave us the financial means to just, like, take off. And more than that, six, we six always, months. even Hidden, which was our really our first script, was. Um, it took us, you know, it's a hundred pages, and it took us seven months or something to write. And then Wayward Pines, they're like, "We're going to start shooting next week. You need to get us something." And some, like the gun to our head, was actually the best thing for us because we're you know a little obsessive compulsive, and we get caught on things, and we go in loops. And it was just it forced you to let go of that and just go. Okay, I'm just sort of vomiting this out, and I and you just start going, and that is the great thing about TV is that you can't um, overthink it. You have to just keep pushing forward, which for us I think was a very healthy thing because we can get we can just get stuck in cycles for a very long. But it was time. cool because you're like writing stuff, and then and then like a week later you see dailies with Melissa Leo, you know, delivering those lines you wrote, and you're like, okay, and then you start to figure out really quickly what's working and not, right. what's translating and what's not translating. It's like, oof. But I think it was funny because this season, on season two, we had Andrew Stanton uh, direct two episodes, and he, to him, I mean, animation is even more extreme than movies in that it takes forever oh, yeah. to see that come to life, whereas this was quite the opposite for him, and he loved it just because you're, you're, just at, you're producing something and you're immediately seeing the results of it. It's so fast. 
Whether it works or not, I mean, you're seeing <laughs> it. You know what I mean. And then you can't you can't tinker with it, but you, you know so much it. like animation. They just they they the, the process of it. And the more I'm learning about, it, I don't I don't I don't. It's it's still a very foreign process to me. Well, it's, how animation works, but they just redo it over and over and over. Well, they again. do, but also it's it's almost like the pre and post production process. Yeah, are flipped. They, yeah, in yeah, a way yeah, yeah. Where it's like you're doing a lot of pre stuff in animation, right? That you would that you would do in yeah. post uh, for a regular That's right. for reg- you know if you're shooting live action, but it but also that idea of you know someone with an animation background. I mean, I'm an animation nut, yeah, and, and I think it's it's such an incredible because it uses so many disciplines, and I think someone you know like Brad Bird or anyone uh, yeah. who knows yeah. how to tell a story and weave all of those things together is pro- probably a pretty good live action storyteller. Yeah, yeah no, I oh absolutely for sure. Cuz like so we found out Andrew was like and he he called the producer Sean Levy and said, you know, he'd be uh, like to direct a couple episodes. And, like, and we were like, um, <laughs> I don't know. Let me think about this. <laughs> What's I'll get done? back to you. Um, and we no, no, I mean we jumped at the chance. So it was like it was amazing. So it was really cool and he storyboards Everything. Oh, so, wow. But we, we weren't really there when he was shooting. So I most of what I learned about what Andrew did, I learned from talking to her actors. But, I mean, they're like little doodles almost. But it's like very precise. What is what is the um, – when you say you came up with the pitch for Stranger Things, I'm so curious to know what the show was initially in your head. Uh, it was – I mean, it was – like we did, we had a pitch, but like a, we had a lookbook thing and then we had a, like a fake trailer. It's that we very made. close to what it, what it ended up being except that originally, originally it was just going to be one – one season but it was the same Eleven was going to sacrifice herself it was mm-hmm. going to be sad and but they would save the world and that was what it was going to be until we realized no one actually wants apparently no one can make money off of these <laughs> these limited series well, I mean, no that's doing, true they well, can't they well it was to... a fad when Wayward Pines it was a fad right and then it sort of phased because they realized they put and it makes sense you put all this money and resources into building up this brand and then if it's a success you're like never, we're not doing it again yeah which is why you know with True Detective they're like okay well let's just get another cast yeah. Right, let's just try that. Yeah. We'll just try that again. Please come back. Please come back, please. <laughs> but it's hard. You have to build. You're building a whole new world again. Whereas they, you know, so that's so. Anyways, that was the biggest change. And then other than that, I mean, I I remember I looked back at the pitch in the in the document to see how close we were after season one to come out. And I think the biggest thing is that the the kids and the personalities of the the kids that we ended up casting changed the course of the season a little bit and Winona changed it and I think actually it's a little bit lighter than was originally intended it was more R-rated when the first pilot script and part of that was us just making sure everyone in the industry knew if they read this this is not a kid show right. and it's not intended for kids so we had you know F-bombs and we had the violence was much more gruesome and extreme but otherwise it's it's we just went through that pilot script and just took up uh uh, some some language and just took some blood out and that was it. Otherwise, it's it's very similar to what was it was intended. so well, it was so well cast and 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 you and there are definitely shades of it with it mm, yeah and Finn being in it yeah. too who's great I, I know he's amazing just yeah. like super you know we went to the it premiere and uh, I was with some friends and we chatted with the him and some of the people who yeah. were in it and I and I think what's great about that and Stranger Things is that it there is. There is a real authentic sense of the kids don't look like kid actors. Right. They just look like kids. kids I know. They looked like your friend group. And I played D&D before right. you were born. <laughs> and uh, and so that was exactly 
when you're watching this going, oh my god, this is fucking exactly what it was. This yeah. is how kids talk. This is how they interact. This is yeah. how they reason with the world. This little sort of nerdy bunch of kids is how they, pro- you know, they use this fantasy world to process. And what an amazing idea to say, oh, what if the fantasy world were at, what if it was actually a real campaign was just, was what we, I always wanted when I was a, when I was a kid. But that's why all those movies and the Stephen King stuff connected with us. Cause it was like, you saw yourself or like, I mean, obviously the classic is the Goonies, but it's like that it felt so much like us and our friends, the way they were talking over each other. It's funny cause Sean um Aston was in this year so I talked asked him a lot about the Goonies and stuff and he he is he's like the first time he saw it he didn't like it because he was like I can't understand what they were talking over each other constantly and it drove him nuts I know it drove that editor Michael Kahn nuts because they were just they, it was just the chaos the, it was chaotic but that's how it was I mean that's how because it's a, when we saw it when we were kids we thought that's we still do it now we still talk over each other you can notice <laughs> but um but you but are that's, it's, it's technically felt, twins we're allowed to right yeah but we're so we're but it felt so real and so authentic and then they go on this extraordinary adventure and then and then it's like you're you know you're part of that you're pulled into it to such a degree and so those that and Stephen King did the same thing um, I mean I didn't read I I saw the miniseries it before because I saw that. Like a lot of kids, that traumatized. I think feel like I feel like when people talk about the success of that movie, people forget how many um, kids <laughs> saw that miniseries. Like it was a huge event in my life yeah. growing up. Like because I, I was like I did a slumber party where like twenty of us, and it and it scarred me from like big time. <laughs> it is funny though. I I was introduced to Stephen King through movies and through TV, and then when I was younger. Like when I was in when I was in elementary school, and then and then I started reading him um, a little older when I was in middle school, middle school and high school. Um, so well, it's really you know like sci-fi and fantasy are hard, and horror is hard yeah. because you know when you look at when you look at your show, there are so many points where it could have not like any the, like the, the there was if there was any little joint that was out of place if like if the creature design wasn't yeah. on tap or if the if the sort of the gateway didn't look right or anything yeah. then it just completely unravels oh, yeah. all of it yeah. No, and you're freaked on set. You're freaked out. Well, because you you have a guy with a rubber suit, and ninety percent <laughs> of the time it looks terrible. Like I'm not gonna lie, like it looks. There are dailies that are. Just I mean, it is it's It also is amazing though, because they're like they're controlling this uh, the, the Demogorgon's mouth. So it's like all the pedals are controlled individually. It's super. It's all the stuff you dream about when you're a kid, having access to. But if it's done and filmed in the wrong way, it just looks. It's very. You feel very vulnerable in a way, and then you have especially season one. You know, you have these actors like Winona and stuff and like and David and everyone's everyone's on edge a little bit because no one knows. There are days when no one knows if this is working or not. But eventually at, at the end of the day, everyone sort of we all, you know, you're in it together and everyone everyone sort of trusted the process. And then by the end of the season one, I think we all felt you know, very connected to it in the way. But it was scary. It is scary. It's scary. When you have a guy in a rubber suit, you have uh, Nona talking to a ball of Christmas lights, and there's this, it's a fine, it's <laughs> a fine line. Shooting yet. And also, you know, there are edits, I mean, you can see it, and it doesn't work. You know, there's, you know, yeah, so it's it's scary. You know, it is, you know, it is, it's tough. It was, it was scary, but, um, but, um, but you you really I hope you saved the rubber suit. Oh, we, as, as a person who collects, my wife and I collect, yeah. like, props and stuff. Oh, yeah. 
As someone who collects those things, you need to save that rubber suit. It's gonna. <laughs> I, I'm it telling smells, you, smells though. I mean, doesn't matter. Pretty... Put it in a box. Let it smell in your garage, man. Someone's gonna fucking pay like a hundred grand for that someday. <laughs> you need to. You need to hang on to that. That's a part of. I mean, it is a part of television history, and particularly. And I'm gonna be really extra passionate about yeah. this in a in an industry with a lot of CG. Mm, having yeah. a real thing that was in something is is a commodity it's rare it's like it it's not that common anymore no and not many people can even do it it's like a skill it's like a, a skill that's being lost yeah i mean in models is another one that's just it's that's like I, we haven't form. shot a model yet yeah. and then that well seems we like looked into it it's a, yeah it's apparently ridiculously sp- expensive especially now just because so few people can actually right do this it's i mean chris nolan shoots with he shot with models i think didn't he for interstellar yeah he's got a couple hundred million dollars <laughs> <laughs> it helps if you have that kind of money uh, to shoot with models, we'll conv- we'll talk to Netflix. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, At this point, you should you throw your weight around. <laughs> it's hard though because, it, but then you know the funny thing is, shooting season one, it's like we did fall in love with. I I, I understand why these filmmakers fell in love with CG though because it is it does it can do exactly what you want it to do. Yes, I um, know, but it but it but we're still not quite there yet. I mean, like no, I, I, I think know. the perfect is a, a balance of practical with yes. a little bit of sh- with a little CG sheen. To just like smooth out the edges, or just add a little bit, you know, like a little bit yeah. of animation. Well, or I just watched um, Alien Covenant, <laughs> um, and yeah, that's exactly what you don't it, want. It, yeah, it was full. It was full CG. Yeah, it, it destroys it. it. It it's hard to because you can't. You don't watch it, and you go. You never watch full CG, and I mean, and, and go, wow, that's amazing. You go. Oh, that's all right for CG, you know. We're yeah. just not, and there are amazing CG artists out there. I'm not shitting on it as a as a craft, but it just the the te- the technology just isn't quite quite there yet. I mean, even Avatar, yeah. you're, there's there's a little bit of forgiveness in Avatar, and that's yeah. like the best CG ever. So but they're doing. So, I mean, the Planet of the Apes movies, like they're doing some amazing. They really stuff. are. Doing, I mean, yeah. that is some incredible. I mean, some I occasionally you see something, you just go, I can't tell if that's what that how they achieve that and that so it is it's getting I think better they just better. trained some apes to talk <laughs> they just they've uh, gotten fur now. they've guns. like nailed fur fur yeah but it was inter- we have more a lot more we have more cg this year and it was it is interesting i mean you you know i mean you have to you kind it's it is sort of in the in a lot of ways it is like um and that was one of the things we we're like oh we want to learn more about visual effects and it is it is sort of like um, practical effects in that it can be really good or really bad depending on how you shoot it. So you actually have to you have to shoot it and edit it right. So I mean, I think we, mo- you know, I'm mostly really happy with how it turned out. I mean, some of it, you know, it's you know, you, it's you know, we're learning, but, but but you have to shoot it right. But also, you know, it must be very f- exciting, but also terrifying that you know when you make something, when you make the first of something. You don't exactly know what's going to work. You no. just have all these ideas, and then stuff works. And I'm sure there are some things that you go, oh, okay, I guess this worked. We thought it would be this, but it's this other thing. And then season two. Right. And you're like, shit, how much? Because I feel like audiences, they want two different things yes. simultaneously. It's like, be different, but the same, you know? I, I, don't be too same different, but be different the same, you know? It's like, so how do you know? No, we were just talking Because we were that. just reading these reviews, and it is hard. That is the line that's, that is really hard to hit. And we're even talking about, we just, just today we started talking season three, and it's like how, if you, exactly, if you're too different, people feel jarred, and right. they feel taken out of it. And if you're too similar, they go, we don't... We, you know, and I'm the last person. I don't want Home Alone 2. Right. <laughs> right? Like, you don't want that. And obviously, Cameron... 
Cameron is the best, and he's almost doing like a, he's taking the same thing and he's changing the genre just a little bit. Right. And I think that he's the master of it, but it, it, but otherwise it's it's difficult. Well, I want to see what he does. He's got like four, four more. Sequels. Yeah. <laughs> you know, see he, if he is truly the master. Although I don't know why anyone at this well, point you would can't doubt bet him. against him. You why would you doubt him? Can't just, bet against. I'm not going to doubt James him. Cameron. No, it's you know yeah. It, he takes two swings and he hits them out of the park. Two, he's basically he's two for two. But both Titanic times, everyone and was Avatar. like, "This is going to be a monumental this disaster. Gonna, this is going to be ruined." Yeah. Oh, he's got lost his fucking mind. And so then, Avatar two doesn't sound particularly exciting to me, but on the other hand, I'm not gonna. I'm going to assume it's going to be pretty something special. I mean, it's going to be amazing. And but even if it's he waits so long too that techno he'll able he's able then to do something incredible with technology that we're not even aware of right now. That's the genius of him. I mean, he that he if you had, wait ten years, he pushes that. <laughs> he you know he pushes yeah he combines you know very classic simple storytelling like people knock Avatar but I like you know for this this the story but I think that that's that's why it became as big as it is because it's very basic simple. Well, storytelling combined with cutting edge. Well, in a um, in a fucking effects. like in a you know in a like a Justice League world, or it's like, wait, yeah. who's this? Uh, what are they? How are they? Okay, so what's everyone trying to do? You know, it's it like gets very keep, muddled. Yeah. It gets very muddled when uh, you're yeah. trying to keep track of like nine storylines. So yeah, I, think I like the simplicity. Of it. The simplicity. Of I like the simplicity. Story. Yeah, I like the simplicity of it combined with these incredible effects. I yeah. think it's cool, but I don't know what he's going to for it. For that seems. But maybe it'll, it'll, yeah, I don't know. I'm really interested to see. Yeah. Well, now, and now you have all studios that are just announcing like, "Hey, there's a thing you don't know exactly know what it is yet, but we're gonna make six of them." And you're like, "Well, just make one good, and then we'll see if there should be six of those." That's right. Exactly, that's a mistake. I mean, you know, you when you, it's like Lucas makes Star Wars, he has some dreams of what it could be, but really, it's he just made one good movie. Yeah, and they built an entire multi-billion-dollar franchise off of that one good movie. But you need that. You need that really good base, or it's not going to work. And you also need to be able to inspire other really creative people to come in, you know, like for Empire to come back and go, what if we did this, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, like, really bring... It's it's, you're, it's almost like the first season is almost, or the, or the first movie in a, in a franchise, successful franchise is almost like a beacon that calls all the other, you know, Andrew Stantons of the world to come yeah, out and go, yeah. hey, wait a minute, I think I could provide something. Can I play in this yeah, sandbox? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So in a way, you're just, you know, you're, it's, it's almost like you're, you're, you're sending out the flare and all <laughs> yeah. these creative people are coming to try to, you know, bring what, it, what they have to yeah, it. Exactly. What is the, what, is, is, is it a... You, is Stranger Things about friendship, or is it, or is it a sci-fi, or is it an adventure? Like, what is, what do you think it is? Like, what is? I'm so curious all to know what above, you think it is. All of the above. I mean, that's what. I, that is why I'm kind of like falling in love with with TV. You know what you can do with it with like these long. When you're basically doing a movie, but you have anywhere from eight to ten hours or whatever. You, you know, to to tell it, and that well, you get to explore so many different things. Like, cause you, the canvas is so big, so that's why it's hard for me to even be excited about. Even though we actually we're just, we grew up not really watching TV and only watching movies, but it's hard. To, and yet you're not making a movie. I know, but that's <laughs> everything's changing. You know, want to make a movie it's, or do you not want to make? No, like a I, do, I don't really have an interest in it anymore. Um, I mean, thinking about it, but I mean, I, what appeals to me about movies is that you can like build this perfect two-hour structure, and you get all these incredible resources in terms of like you get so much more money, right? Um, you know, but um, but. But I, I like that. I like these long form stories, um, and I think that this that that what Netflix is doing and what some of these companies are doing is more exciting right now 
um, than what the traditional well, studio system is. Regardless doing. of what it is, I think what's exciting now is that when this is very new, which is that you can come up with an idea and you can go how it's like if you're writing a novel. Novelist isn't like I'm. I have to write 120 pages. They you they come up with a story and they go how long is this story? And it could be six hours. It could be 20 hours. It could be. And then you know places like Netflix and now there are a lot of other places too offer a home for those stories. So you don't have to get. You used to have to be boxed in on for network television. You have to do this many a year and they have to have, you know, you have to have a commercial. It's very specific. A commercial break. Every so and so minutes, and it's very precise. Even Wayward Pines was that we had to build. And same with feature films. I mean, you can't really. I mean, yes, of course. Occasionally, there's like a three-hour movie that pushes it, but generally, they're all around the same length. And so now, it's exciting to me that there's you have storytelling possibilities. I just saw. I was reading some interview with Fincher. You know, he's talking about. I guess it was a Mindhunter thing, and he was saying that he doesn't feel like. In the studio system, he's like, you have to stay in their lane, and it can be fun. But if you want to do anything with any sort of character work in it, you can't be working like in the studio fun- system. If two people sitting in a car for five minutes talking, if that's revealing interesting things about their characters, that's great. But you don't have time for that. In a two-hour <laughs> movie, you do, even a Fincher movie, you don't have time for it. So, But I, lo- like, I love the Mindhunter. I love that you get to spend time with these characters and see how they evolve over you know eight hours it's fantastic but uh, yeah to me it's like when and it and you know i started to really notice it with true detective which is when you start to you know you you have a shorter you know season for for tv and then you have really cinematic directors coming in and to me it started to elevate well elevate this medium it is nice because uh I don't think any movie in the theater needs to be three hours long. I don't think I just don't think, you know. Yeah. Like, you sit through a three-hour movie, you're like you could have cut out like thirty-five <laughs> minutes of that. You know. Yeah. You didn't. It didn't need. It didn't need to be that long, and it, it and it really um, television and especially cable and especially you know video on demand, which Netflix is. Yeah. Really was smart enough to say like, hey, look, our medium's a little different, but. We're going to allow you the creative freedom to really explore, and and that right. and and it was really smart because right. all the people who felt confined by these by other platforms and other big studio systems were like, "Great, I'll just go make my weird thing over there." And guess what? There's an audience for like yeah. your weird thing. Yeah. Oh, you're exactly right. That is how they that is how they drew talent. You're right. I didn't think about that. But that's because other because for a while it was it was like why would you want anything on Netflix? I mean, I, nothing appealing. It was not that it. long ago that Netflix was just was five the red envelope ago. that oh, yeah. came that you would oh I could just drop this DVD in the mail and I don't have to go to the store. So, you know? but that's how they. It's interesting because that's how they developed. They realized um, about that that binging was something that was going to work because they started to notice that the uh, the turnover rate on television shows was much, much greater. Much People were turning them over much faster than they were movies. Right. Movies would sit... You know how when we were... When you would do Netflix, I would have these movies sit out. <laughs> they would get so dusty. You know what I mean? Especially that like, they would say... They'd call them like the well-intentioned ones. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like Schindler's List. They'll right. just sit there for yeah. two years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to watch Because no this. one can work... This weekend, we're going to watch We're going to watch it. And then... Uh, I'm just uh, not, a stressful not, day. Yeah, oh, not, you know, I just got Firefly. Um, yeah. but just, the, let's just watch that. But exactly. the shows, like the like the Breaking Bad or whatever, they were turning over rapidly. And so, I mean, I remember I had a, I had the three the three DVD deal or whatever it was, and I got, I figured out a way to do it where I would 
I could get it instantaneously. Okay. Like I, if I was watching a season, I could turn, finish one, turn it over. By the time I started finish the next two discs, the another one. Would you be had it in the mail. In the mail. It would be. It would be. It would be. It would be perfect. Perfect cycle. Do so, they even send? They must still send DVDs. Oh, yeah, send I don't DVDs? do it. But I haven't, do. I haven't either. I haven't thought about it in ages. No. I just forgot. I just complete. This technology moves so fast. I just. But there was a time when they saw this, and not everyone did, including me. And they made that shift, and they're like, "Now our DVD service is called something different." And I was right. so upset because I was not ready. It yet. was too fat. They that that's the thing about something different. It was like too different. It was too. Fa- they tried to change. You remember that? It was like a whole like crisis. Oh, people at Netflix. fucking lost like, their minds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was it called? Like quick flicks or. Something? Yeah. Yeah, some, like some um, people were not. It was like the, the, the one like small misstep that they made, and they quickly corrected it. But it was like because they knew what the future was before anyone else did. But also, sometimes though, when people flip out about something, if you're confident enough in what you're doing, you just go, just give them a minute. Yes. It's oh, yeah. Just the, it's just this little hump they need to get over emotionally because no one likes to change their habits. No. And then after a bit, then people just whenever a website so bad, changes, I guess. right? Whenever like a web, like like the design changes, everyone right. always loses their shit. Where they change this font? <laughs> like it's exactly the same. <laughs> you don't. Nothing has changed. This is not. This is Helvetica, and it was Ariel Blackburn. Yeah. Like you fucking. It's the same yeah. thing. It, just it is, takes them like two days though, and then they're over it. Then they're yeah, every over time it, Facebook makes a change, it's like the world is ending. And, but it, and, but that's all the time though, isn't it? It's just like I feel like they're just changing yeah. all the time. Like well, your, your news feeds this now, and yeah. here's this, and this moved over here, and now this is over there, <laughs> and it's still impossible to delete this ever. Exactly, <laughs> you're never yeah. getting away from yeah, this yeah. ever. Have you talked to other? Have you thought about other uh, platforms for storytelling? Is anything um, else exciting to you, or you're pretty pretty locked in? Well, we're, I mean, we're, I guess, I guess we, you know, we kind of, you know, we talked about and we made the decision that we wanted to see this show through just because we're so intimately involved in every aspect of it. And so it feels like, oh, we should just finish telling this story. Five seasons, um, eight seasons, ten oh, seasons? Oh, my God. No. Is it, no. I, we, we always said four to five, you know, it's kind of our... I answer. think we'll know more because we're starting season three. We'll know if this is the, you know, penultimate or there'll be a couple more after it. And then... So we'll we'll figure it out sooner rather than later because I do think you we know where we're going we just don't know how quite how long it's going to take to get there but I do think you run the risk of uh, straining credibility a bit with this story and these characters right the minute I don't believe that they're still in this town and dealing with this I mean how often can you go it's like oh it's another year. This weird thing's happening again. Well, Could it be something supernatural? Well, that, and then, that's, like, that's the danger that it gets. So you just have to. We have to figure out a way to make sure the story stays. I believe these characters. That's why it's hard. Like that's why it's hard for like Buffy season seven. You're like, well, they've already. You're like, yeah. well, they just live above hell. All right, you know, it's like <laughs> it's they just because you have to up the stakes every season, yeah. and it always has to be like the worst thing they've ever. You know, it's 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 you just level up like a video game. Exactly. So it's like it's just boss but battle, some boss point battle, it gets boss ridiculous. battle. At some point, it's like they're fighting God. You know, it's like how do you get any? Like, what exactly. Do you, they're battling the universe. <laughs> yeah. But like something like Game of Thrones, I mean, they've built that's much. They can sustain that for much longer, even though they are going to end it. But that has um, but that has a definite goal of like does. someone's gonna get but, thrown, and like it's just how do you get there? But they have right, so but, many world. I mean, basically different parts of the world that they can explore whereas you know we have one small they have, town. It, it is like star wars in a way game of thrones in that they have now you know westeros they have an entire universe and they can explore anytime yeah um, they can but i'm telling you i i still think that the way game of thrones should end is that 
Tyrion Lannister like walks out and gets on the subway at Westworld and then <laughs> finds out it was all a robot simulation. That- just Don't cause... give HBO ideas. <laughs> They're going to want to do that. No, they won't, because if they did, a lot of, like, the Game of Thrones fan, it would be an apocalypse. Like, the Game Game of Thrones would light the world on fire, the fandom of Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. If they were just like, oh, yeah, these are all robots, they'd be like, <laughs> what the? I mean, you think people get mad about fonts. Like, <laughs> imagine what happened. Man, that's a when pretty good idea. That is, like that's kind of blowing my mind. Isn't that, wouldn't that be great? There's yeah. no reason. Westworld, Westeros, it's our fucking right there. Come on, guys. Come on, HBO. We had the, we have a small version of that, which is that I think, like in Predator, as fans have brought up, there's like the guy that they go Arnold and stuff goes searching for is named Hopper, and he's like Jim. It's, it's Jim Hopper, and yeah. he's like all skinned and killed by the Predator. So that is that's our version of that. That Stranger Things is just one elaborate, very elaborate predator prequel oh that's fantastic <laughs> that at the end of the show hopper's just someone's because i believe he's hunting monsters now right so the government's like hey you need to go to the jungle to deal with this alien thing and he gets killed and that's it but you know that ties you also into the alien universe too Wait, great <laughs> let's right. do it let's do it so let's call a fox up you've now you've now <laughs> we can help their, their alien franchise avpvd the demogorgon is like the then they all just gotta fight each other that's right that's it there we go that, that anyways that's where we're headed that's where Stranger Things is going to be <laughs> well that's where it is it's like you know the sequel's like okay we gotta take it to a nut so it's like just like you said Home Alone 2 yeah. lost in New York <laughs> exactly then next would have been Europe yeah then you gotta go to space and then I don't know where I don't know where you go after space I don't space know space is always the last isn't Call of Duty going to space now? I think they're so, running. Yeah. That means you've really run out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing. Go, there's no other place on Earth we can possibly go. That's right. We no other to time to. Space. No other war to no, explore. We're no. out of it. No other war with guns. We've got to go to space. Was there anything in the show that you that you really wanted to do that just either wasn't achievable because of technology or just like story wise? You were like, oh, I love this idea, but you know, we just sometimes just got to cut shit out. Hmm. Well, season yeah. one, there definitely was more just because we had a, a more limited schedule. And so we just weren't. And so there, and that's what we fought for season two is just to include, you know, include all those little ideas that maybe you wouldn't have time for to explore those little nooks and crannies. Yeah, we like Lucas infiltrating the government lab and all this fun stuff. And then, you know, the line producer looks at the looks at the schedule and goes you're out of your mind <laughs> you know but we were you know we were able to do a lot you know and then you know and then some, some things like the bike chase and stuff that we weren't able to some some sacrifices you make where you're just not able to shoot that a lot of that was that was mo- almost entirely second unit and um, so this season we just try to make sure that for that stuff we were we were there i mean so that when looking back on season one or whatever those were sort of the stuff that we went uh well we wouldn't have cut that scene and we wouldn't have done this but more season one it was like it was actually figuring out structural you know you know how how do you structure something with this you know this eight hour eight hour storyline and so you know when something's that long you're going to make a lot of you know a lot of mistakes so you're trying to you know with season two to rectify those but you have as much as possible then you make new mistakes but you're (laughs) new and innovative mistakes. yeah yeah But, but your show has um your show has a very special thing which not a lot of binge watch shows have, which is because you know, we're, th- th- having been front row for Walking Dead for so long, it's like, oh yeah, it's it's all parsed out. People have to take the journey, so they talk about it for months and months and months. Yeah, as it's happening, but then you binge watch something, you're like, Arr! and then you don't talk about it again. Stranger Things just happened to be one of those things that people memed and talked right. about, and and that's not very common binge yeah. watching. 
But it must have been really interesting to be able to see, like, right away, like, oh, wow, there's a real outcry for Barb. You know what I mean? Oh, it's like, yeah, it was to cool. see you, you, Which, in your mind, was like, okay, well, this is just the thing that happened to a character. But the audience gets to tell you immediately, this is what we're paying attention to. Oh, yeah, it was really wild. I mean, yeah, people, because it, it takes forever to make this. I mean, you know, it took us a year and a half both times, right, about? Yeah. And so, and then, and then yeah, people have finished it in a night and they have and they have they have strong opinions about it and but that's the other it you know it makes it the the um their they really then also want the turnaround faster because you you know this is something a show that would be spread out on a sure. traditional network over a couple would months you prefer at least that? which would buy you time no but it would buy us more time it, it, like it, you know that people are, I I think we need to start conditioning people that to wait longer for television seasons because that's the only frustrating thing I found about television that I want to change. And I've seen other some other showrunners and stuff, you know, talk about it and complain about it. It's like now there's this expectation for you know really movie quality work in terms of you know especially in terms of the technical aspects of it and in terms of the visual effects and all of that. But everyone wants it turned around. Even the networks, Netflix, HBO, they want it turned around on a traditional television um schedule right so they want it within a year which is just impossible you want to get it back to cameron time i want to get no but people wait a couple two two and a half years for sequels and the only reason we can't do that is because of well netflix would kill us and also our kids are you know our our kids are growing up so that kind of actually kind of puts a little bit put a little gun to our head and that we can't take but so long but even the the harry potters were they a year or between no they were or they were over a year between those releases it was a little i don't know if it was i don't well, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it was, it was quite an, yearly. It wasn't on an annual cycle until but the last it was two. Until the last two, where they shot them back to back. Right, that was where the they only way they got an annual cycle. So we're we're like we have the and like in season two, we have the number same number of effects. I mean, over the course of like nine hours that a big budget, you know, visual effects movie would have, but spread out over nine hours. But then, I, but we have maybe like one. One fifth, one sixth of the time, uh, post production schedule. But that's but that's just. I mean, that's also technology. Like everyone expects, you know, we consumers now just expect. Like, I want it right away, yeah, yeah. and you better fucking revolutionize, but not be too de- revolutionary. Yeah. <laughs> I want it to be familiar, but revolutionary. Yes. And, and yeah. I need it, and I want it now, and I want to just sit here, and then I want you just to scoop it into my mouth. You know, yeah, it's exactly. like as fast as possible. But well, thing- like I want my dragons in, in Game of Thrones, but now, especially having done more visual effects in season two, like when I watched the new season, I'm like, my lord, that took a lot of time right. to do that. It just takes a lot of time, and it's great and it's fun, but it's it's uh it's not something that can happen overnight. Well, those battle sequences, because I'll watch and I'll go, oh my god, how did they do this? And then you know, and then I you know I watch all the you know behind the scenes stuff, and then I go, oh yeah, it's just incredibly difficult, which makes me feel better, but also like the, you know it starts raising the bar for you know. Um, what's expected out of out of TV, and I love that. I love the I, I love that when you start to marry these big budget movie style visual effects sequences with really strong character work. Like that to me is like really exciting. That's one reason I like TV because if you're gonna do because I love all the visual the big budget spectacle stuff, mm-hmm. but then you don't end up you're not invested at all in usually in any of the characters because they don't take the time anymore. But what's cool is like the idea of taking some of that. Some of these amazing tools that they've developed, and then um, and applying them to these TV shows like Game of Thrones did, so that you're these characters are in this incredible, visually spectacular battle, 
but you're very invested in everybody who's in that battle. Like when I, you know, when I saw Battle of the Bastards, I was like, oh wow, this is like next level stuff. Um, and so that's why I'm so excited about like basically big budget TV. That's to me the cool thing right now. What would you What would you guys have done if you? Because it feels like uh, you're still pretty young, and it still feels like oh, your TV career just came out of the you know just shot out of a cannon, all right. and everything happened really fast. I'm, it might not feel that way to you. But it, no, <laughs> but what? It, what? It, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, no, because it was like it was like eight years of like failure, pretty much. But what? What are you like failing at in that eight years? Like, what do you think you're failing? At uh, well, we years? well we had our first break, which was a. I mean, first it took a while to get something going. Then we had a we had a first big break, which is a like a, a movie at Warner Brothers, but it, it, that we a script that we had written. That was a, and we were like, oh, we've made it, you know. And then they just ended up, and you spend two years on it, and then they just dumped it. And so that was hard because you went from feeling like, oh, um, you know, we're you know we're doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing, exactly what we wanted to be, or exactly where we wanted to be, and then they just they just bury it. <laughs> that sucks. You can rent it on Amazon now. <laughs> no one knows it exists mm-hmm. really. So that was really hard because you put as much time, and actually, as much time and effort into that as we did. Stranger it Things is called Hidden. Oh, and, and that's very stranger, appropriate. Is, yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> it, as much into Stranger Things, into that as Stranger Things, except nobody seemed to really care or like it that much. So that's, that was, what was, it was good to, it is good to fail because um, then, you know, when you do have a success, um, you know, I mean, we know, we definitely know what the other side of that feels like. Um, and, um I, I I don't know, and but we, it was funny. That was fun because we well, were right, we were grounded, we were though. at Warner Brothers, and yeah. this was a while ago. It's like Guillermo del Toro was next door to us, um, editing Pacific Rim. Oh wow! And so we got to know Guillermo a little bit, and he's like the funniest guy. But he Slurs. was he kind of like helped us out of our depression. Oh, he that's was like, nice. don't worry, you guys. Like he's like, he's like nobody's going to turn the faucet I off. think that that is the greatest fear more than like oh this story didn't connect with people like I wanted to I mean it's a bummer but it's more of that fear especially when you're starting off of you just don't want that faucet to get turned off and <laughs> well that's you want the people to thing. continue to allow you to tell you to make stuff because it's a real privilege you know because this stuff just costs so much money and so um, especially when you're starting out you definitely don't want your first thing to not work and that's kind of what happened with us um, so it took us after that. It was about is it that. Then it is that, and then and then led to Wayward Pines, and then. But I we think slowly I think, dug ourselves out of this. Well, and I think that it's only we were only able to because uh, we may have been able to have a career as writers, but we were only able to dig ourselves out of the directing hole just because there was a sudden. In very clear need, and we saw this, which is one reason we moved to TV. There was a there was a need of for content in the television space, a very desperate need for it, and so we were just there. We just raised our hands and we're like, "We'll help, <laughs> we'll help fill that." <laughs> well, yeah, we took advantage of that. I mean, so you know, I mean, and 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 so I mean, that's yeah. Th- these th- like Netflix and these companies were expanding really, really rapidly, and there wasn't there wasn't enough stuff. And I remember feeling I, we thought there was no chance in hell Netflix would ever do. Uh, would ever would ever do this show because at the time it was like you know I remember going you know they have Fincher and they have Jinji Cohen these are very established people they didn't have a lot like they do now and then what we realized is after they bought our show we felt very special but we were just the beginning of what was just a massive 
buy-in and all this content. What was it? Yeah, it was like that was like Netflix phase one. I'm making this up, but it feels like it's not like they talked to me about it in this. But I feel like Netflix phase one was like let's like really put some money, like put our chips on and and spend a lot of money on very talented, established people like Jinji right. Khan and David Fincher, and then and they knocked it out of the park for them. And then it, phase two was okay. Let's t- start taking you know some riskier bets, right? Um, and so, like, we were one of those. It's not and- even a big. It's not even a huge risk for them. Worst case scenario is they have more content on their site for consumers. Like, it's not. It wasn't. It, I mean, it was a, a bit of a risk, but not not to the extent of a studio film where you're having. And this is where we run it, run into problem with our first film. You spend ten million dollars on it, and that's not a. That's piddly. That's nothing to to somewhere like Warner Brothers. You spend forty million to release it and put it out. Then you start talking that that's real money for them, right? And then if that doesn't do well, that affects stock prices, whatever. It's really about putting the, the money to the, the marketing spend for these movies, and that's for a small movie release. The marketing spend for these movies is so massive that you have to make so much money back. Oh yeah, well that's so what scary. like, and it's sad, but like Soderbergh like just tried to change it with um, Logan Lucky because he he saw he's like the, the marketing spins for these movies are ridiculous and, and that's what's holding and- back those mid-range movies uh, adult films they're not getting made as you know 40-50 and- million dollar movies because then you got to spend another 50 million to to market and suddenly you have to make blockbuster type money well also unfortunately the other side of it is that it's just too – there are too many reasons for people to la- leave their house. I know. Well, that's the other problem. Because of yeah. Netflix. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. No, it is. it's weird. Um, You're like, I'll just uh, – well, there are some things where you go, I want to see that in a theater. I always yeah. should see Avatar in a theater and other stuff. You're like, eh, that drama about the family with the kid that runs away. I could probably watch that at home. I don't know if I, I know. need to see that on a big screen. It's true. It's true. And then there's stuff like Blade Runner, which is like you you should see this on a big screen, and then people still don't go to see it. So I don't <laughs> so know. What? It's a little depressing. But with Stranger yeah. Things, you don't even nep- – I don't know. Maybe they tell you in private, but Netflix doesn't really ever tell anyone like who's watching what, how no. many people they are watching what. Don't, it is true that they um, – you know, swear in my life, they don't tell us anything. About the view. How do you know? Did, did, was there any point where you go, I think this is a hit show, but I don't know? Um, no, you just start. You, I mean, you can only really go off of social media, which I don't even know how trustworthy that is, you know, because, they're, they're, you know, but um, um, and, and you just start to get a sense of how that's what, you know, you start to see it ripple across pop culture. You know, it's like you see Amy Schumer make a joke about it and people laugh and you're like, OK, well, like they got right. the joke. So <laughs> or if you get an Emmy or show. something, you probably know. Or <laughs> well, you that, know well, that's like nice industry recognition. It definitely was not intended as an award show. I can tell you that. That Netflix was not expecting that, um, and then, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, then yeah, so, so you start to feel it out, and you're like, okay, I think you know, and then, and but even is it kind of we went to Comic Con, and it was sort of, uh, it is surprising. It's, it's it's such a small group of people that are making the show and reacting to the show, and I think that maybe is one of the nice things. I you know, you don't have a lot of people's fingerprints on it. I mean, so it's like we deal with three executives and Netflix, and then there are higher up executives, and you v- never hear from them. You know, very rarely. I mean, they're 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 involved, but in a, in a different way. And so um, it's a very. And then we have our two. We have two producers. Um, so in total, it's five people um, outside of us and our writers who are involved in sort of the big decisions. And I think that that there's something really. There's something that feels very intimate about it. And I think that that. And for the most part, we're left alone. 
And and that is one of the nice things about TV, though. I think t- because movies cost so much money and they're so short that, like, you can have um, a studio's fingerprints over every line and every page. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't have – even if they wanted to, Netflix, which they don't. But even if they wanted to, they'd be unable to because we're – we have too much con- – it's too much content. We're turning out the scripts – they would tell you too late, which is true. But we, you know, we finish everything. You know, we, it takes us a while. You know, it's probably it's like, like you three weeks of script. We, yeah, we, we, there's not much. There's not a lot of time, which is a little scary. There's very little safety net. So if we bomb on a script, it's kind of, you know, it is what it is. But we, you know, we, you know, that, but that that you, because everyone has to move so fast. There's no time to sort of overthink or overanalyze. You have to go. And I like that about it. And then when they do have a note or, you know, when they do have notes, obviously, um, you know, it's, they're usually very, very smart. Um, well, I wonder because it when we're talking about films or, te- or traditional television, it's like they use, they bring a lot of market research in before and go, OK, we got to yeah. do this and we got to make oh, this. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it seems like, you know, Netflix, some, a place like Netflix will go, well, the shows are the research. It's like yeah. we just make them. And then we just see what people are responding to as opposed to trying to yeah, come in with all this right. pre-programmed... You that's know, a good, yeah, I hadn't thought about but That's true. That's very true. And then they, they do do research. Like, they do, like, in terms of the I, uh, the thumbnails or the image you sure. see for each show. They see who's clicking on which image. and um, and But you're right. They do that all after the show's been released. There's no, there's no test. There's no testing. There was never any testing of Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, and that's something. God, that you're so lucky in a studio because you don't know they could have, like, you know, they could have gone to a mall like in Nebraska yeah. and just pulled like f- forty random people in a mall, none of whom could have I, given a shit about any of the themes or anything. And we're right. like, oh well, this is not. It turns out no one cares about us. Like, well, the forty people you asked <laughs> and, that you pulled out of, you know, hot topic or whatever. Actually, if you pull them out of Hot Topic, they probably would have liked it. But anyway, whatever, whatever else. By, you know, whatever it is. Well, I think my problem, I, I mean, we've been involved a little bit with studio testing. But you get, you know, the executives or studios, they can kind of read what they want out. Get well, what they also, want out of that, out of, the, out of that testing and, and force you to do things that, you don't want to do. And it's that classic thing, you know, when you're in school where you're like, you know, the teacher asks a question and one person raises, you know, their hand. About, right. Do you like this? And then everyone else raises their hand. It's right. like they just follow the leader. Right. So it's a little, it's like, do you, who doesn't like this character? And then one person raises their hand and then suddenly the whole row does. Well, and it's like, well, you liked him. Not only that, You're but it's like, him. you know, someone was, someone just was standing in a food court for 45 minutes because they couldn't decide if they wanted a hot dog on a stick or Orange Julius. And then all of a sudden someone puts them down in front of a show and says, uh, you know, I want your criticism. Well, uh, yeah, as no, an exactly. educated uh, <laughs> corn dog consumer, you know, it's like all of a sudden they become <laughs> the most knowledgeable because they just are like, oh, someone's asking me my opinion. Exactly. I'm going to find problems with this because they're asking me to find problems with it. That's exactly right. Yeah. It's just such a backwards, fucked up way to, you know, and I feel like so many times in the industry when creators are empowered to carry out their vision in a mostly unsullied way. It's like it fucking works, you know. But then the ta- yeah. the takeaway is going to be, oh, it's, I guess I guess America just wants to see a bunch of kids playing a board game. Like, oh. no, they just wanted that story. It's like <laughs> they don't need to see kids playing a game with a a, a dimensional demon. Yeah. Like, they just need good stories that are you know well thought out and authentic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, I'm the sure they'll learn all the wrong lessons. It's like you know when like Deadpool became a big thing, it was like, oh well, we just you know it's the R rated. Right, R-rated superhero now, and it's like no, it's actually because this is a very 
personal unique take on <laughs> yeah exactly on this or same with Lo- you know with logan I'm, i i don't i don't know they tried to figure it out well they're taking the wrong you're taking the wrong lessons from it it was like that was a passion project for those people and it shows and that's the end of the story and i think that's what it is it's not because people need wanted an r-rated superhero movie if you make a bad r-rated superhero movie it's gonna do poorly right i mean it's just, it's, it's nothing to do with the rating. it's like having it's it's almost like it's almost like you have Lieutenant Commander Data on the bridge, yeah. <laughs> and the play happens, and he tells you all the things about the play that about why it must have worked. And yeah. It's like okay, those are all the sort of artificial, <laughs> I guess, superficial reasons that of connection points that you might be able to piece together. But you know, there's just still that sort of that soul quality to it that you can't put in a cell on a spreadsheet. You know, that yeah. it's just that it's ultimately it's just harder to go. Well, let's just hire creative people. Like, okay, well, find who are You're they? Right. Find well, them, you know. Th- no, but the thing is, yeah, no, they is you want they want to make it scientific because there's so much money on the line, right? Of so course. they want it. They want to figure no out. It's fired. They're like, well, the research said, right? We did everything right, like right. you're supposed to. But I agree. No, but Netflix, that is their philosophy. At least as it was told to me, is that they find people who they believe in and they take a bet on they they bet on them, which is sort of what the studio system did in the '70s when they were like, oh, they realized that's when we result, you know, that resulted in. Some of the best movies, you know, in Hollywood history, which is like, oh, uh, we, we don't know what people want, so we're just going to trust. Are you guys trust just these gonna, filmmakers? Are you just going to focus on this, or are you going to? Is there going to be like a Duffer Brothers <laughs> umbrella no. corporation that's going to start so. putting out a lot of other Duffer no, Brothers esque? To the frustration of many, we're like very, um, we're unable to focus on anything but this i think it's not the idea of producing finding people that you're passionate about and helping them get something that is right you is a nice that. one i think i think that's a nice idea the well, only thing we're struggling with is just stranger things to, to you know we're directing in the case of uh you know season two and probably season three you're directing four hours on top of writing eight to nine hours of content on top of editing that stuff and getting it produced and released as close to a year as you can and you know, it just becomes all-consuming. So, and we don't want to shortchange it, and we like, don't want to shortchange something else. We're trying to find efficiencies, but I think the efficiencies are just going to provide us like weekends yeah. potentially, <laughs> right? Like it's not, <laughs> it's not like going to open up this whole other avenue for us to to develop. I other think we stuff. could if we didn't do the the directing is just um, that, but that's our passion that's what we love we're only writing in that's order the reward to, that's yeah. the reward we're only writing and we've only ever written to just get to the point where we can be directing so that's the thing we don't want to and how do give you up. work together um i, I think when well, we make all of our decisions i think in the writing stage so that's when we fight and then uh <laughs> and then we write in a way that we both know what that means for the shots and stuff usually and then so usually then when you get on set it just becomes about executing yeah i know but there, then, you, you must have like there must be uh, familiar consistent fights that you've had since you were toddlers oh that uh, that that manifest themselves in I'm sure. much more academic <laughs> oh, ways when you're like I don't know. Yeah, we probably should like be seeing a therapist (laughs) (laughs) Uh, because we have we have such a a close you know working relationship. But don't you have some sort of weird twin meld? Oh yeah, isn't yeah yeah we have a really close twin meld. I mean, even like when we were really we started telling stories like make believe stuff like all kids do when we were really really young. Um, I mean, like like preschool. And so we, I mean, I, I can't remember a time when we weren't telling stories together, but I think I'm trying to figure like what is our common, you know, common fight. I don't know. So the, the, I would say that because it's so, it gets so complicated 
Um, I mean, obviously, when you're writing a script, you want it to, at the end of the day, to seem as simple as possible. And so, and oftentimes, it's just way too complicated, and it's kind of a mess. So, usually, somebody is wrong about something. Because it's so, you know, and, and then we get in a fight about that. Yeah. And then someone, and I don't know who's wrong, wrong no one's going to admit someone's wrong more than the other. I would say it, <laughs> so I'm going to be political and say it's 50-50. <laughs> That's a safe answer. Um, but no, I would say, you know, I don't know, I'm, you know, I... I don't know. I, I, Ross is. What are you saying? You're going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble. Well, I was going to say yeah, Ross. Is, he's always been a bit more focused on the writing aspect of it. I'm a little better, more focused in post. Can you agree on that? It's a little more complicated. <laughs> I would say. Okay, Ross is hearing you, but he. I just feel like he's not. This is why we need to go see some co-signing um, <laughs> the agreement we that you're laying to... out before him. So. What we're going to do is this was a really good session, and uh, we're going to meet again next week. Uh, I don't normally take on new clients, especially <laughs> two at a time who were twins, but uh, but I really believe that you guys are going to work this out. I really feel like it's going to work. I, out. It's really sad when you hear about brotherships or uh, twinships or where that fall. Like the Hughes brothers had a big falling out, yeah, sure. and that's uh, that uh, that pains me. That hurts me. I don't know if they had a falling out. We just know that they don't work together anymore. I bet. They, I bet they had a falling. Wachowski's out. right. They don't work together anymore. Oh, they don't. No, I don't think they. I don't know. That's complicated. I'm not sure that that's a falling out that they had. But it, it hurt. It, that's. It's hard for me to imagine doing it. Um, going flying solo, I guess that would be a disaster. Yeah. Um, well, it's not anything you have to worry about any time in the near future. I don't think so. So, well, because it, because you're moving so fast. I mean, everybody. This is it's important to be aware that everybody um, is capable of having really terrible ideas, and so we catch we block those I, really bad ideas. So, they, they, Ross provides a really nice safe. We provide nice safety nets for yeah, each I other. Know, but it's what's so, so scary, especially on a show like this, which is which can really be about anything. Yeah. You know, how do you weed out when you get so close to something? Sometimes it's really hard to tell. Well, I'm too close to this. Is this bad or is this good or am I? Yeah, I don't have the right. Well, but that's why the other day, like I now, even if we did a movie, I would bring a room, a writer's room, because like I'm like four other super nerds <laughs> and like really smart people and they help a lot. And so, like, like I, before this, I was like, I don't need a room. I don't understand the point of this. I mean, Wayward Pines, there was no room. And so, but now I've fallen in love with it because you have, because we think so much alike. And we've, we've seen all the same exact movies and we, our life experiences are very, very similar. So it's really great to have other people in the room with us slightly, even, even if they, they love a lot of the same stuff that we love, they have different life experience and different point of views and they can, they really help get us out of so many ruts. Were you D&D um, guys? No, weirdly, no. I mean, we did play some Dungeons and Dragons growing up. Um, we were more into Magic the Gathering. Got it, our, got it, got it. Was our, but, un, you know, that was not around in the 83. So, no. Uh, so, but we did do, we did play D&D. We just weren't, Huge deal. I'm glad, like guys. board games. I feel like are having like a bit of a bit of a resurgence oh, in the past absolutely. like ten years. But, yeah, but absolutely. even late, like people who I never would thought would be playing board games will play board games. I can get to play board games. Now. Yeah, I mean, it, it's you know we were we were we were running so fast at you know having played D from the beginning. We were running so fast toward video games of like oh the video games really yeah. gonna yeah yeah yeah. And then at a certain point. Like you know, it was really nice to sit in front of other human beings. <laughs> well, and I don't have get a the, shared. To me, experience. I don't get the. Vi- I love video games. I do not get the online video game experience. Like because I love. Like when I even played like GoldenEye or whatever. It's like the, the best experiences I had playing games were when I had other people with me 
in the room. Yeah. And that's the same reason I love board games because you got people, you know, I don't want to talk to someone on a, on a on an intercom or a walkie, or whatever, someone who lives in, you know, Oklahoma. I want I want to play with my friends in the room. And I think that's probably I think that's why board games are like coming back in such a big way. So, it'd be really cool to have. I know they put like out a Stranger Things Monopoly thing, but I really think it'd be cool to have a like a proper board game. Fantastic! I feel like it's time for a Stranger Things board game. <laughs> I know. I just play. Have you? Yeah, I played this game, Defenders of the Realm, from the eighties, which is like very D and D like. Have you heard of that? No. It's really cool. But I was like, that would be a good. It's cooperative based because I'm kind of into these like cooperative based games now. Like, have you played Pandemic? No, but I I've, I've heard about it. But Pandi- I, I, you got to do Pandemic. But, but these games, I, I have to be very careful of. Why? Because they'll fucking eat my life. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Pandemic is, to me, revolutionary because it's like a game that you play over the, like, well, I didn't play it over, but you're supposed to play it, like, over the course of the year. And the ga- every time you play, it changes the board, however you t- however the game work, like turns out for you. It, like, scars the board. You tear up cards. You put stickers on the board that fundamentally change the game for the next time. So it's, like, it's constantly evolving, which is really cool. But then I played the game Defenders of the Realm, and I was like, and I realized how much, much like Stranger Things, took from a lot of stuff before it, how much Pandemic had taken from this Defenders of the Realm game, which is very D&D-like, but you're working with other people to defeat these monsters. It's really cool. But I mean, there's so many great games. It's like a whole other world I've discovered. Well, the, are, are they actually playing D&D in Stranger Things, or is it, is it actually is it D&D? It actually is D&D, yeah. Got it. Okay, it that's D&D. cool. It is, yeah. And D&D, they've been really cool. There's been no... No rights issues. No, they've been great. Well, I'm sure uh, they probably don't mind at all. That uh, I guess not. I haven't heard. Hey, we're really upset. We really didn't want that many people to remember. About, you know. I think Ego, you know, Egos was more a surprise for us <laughs> than anybody else. Did you, did you see my Halloween costume from last year? Uh-uh. Oh, I was... Uh... An Ego? No. I, I Well, no, but I had... I'll have to pull it up and show it to you because I don't. If I tell you what it is, okay, then it's then it's it's better that it's maybe it's worse that you see it, but <laughs> it's uh, I'll, I'll show it to you when we're done with the podcast. But it's a it was I the picture was taken right out here just to give you some context yeah. for this. Uh, but while well, I'll set the scene and then I'll show you the picture. But um, so when is, it, is, it, is it, I know the premiere is Thursday. Does it does it does it drop on Netflix Friday? I I, I guess it's midnight. Yeah, right. It's midnight. So yeah, although you should clear I, it, midnight Pacific, Pacific time. That's so, right. So it'd be three in the morning. For people on the East Coast. Which sucks if you're on the East Coast, but it is what it is. But if you're an insomniac, good for you. Yeah, exactly. You got something to do at 3 o'clock in the morning. That's right. No, I mean, I remember even season one just being shocked. At, I, I, I remember waking up Friday morning and just seeing the people finish the show. which was, It just blew my mind. Before it was anything. Yeah, no, no one knew anything about it. And it just, it was amazing that people had already finished it. But that is kind of funny that you said that you're sort of like... Yeah, spend a lot of time on that. <laughs> spend a lot of time, and you're they're done. Yeah, they're like, done. But you know what? That's what a, mo- a movie is the same way. I mean, like it's like you're you done. know, you spend two years. You know, you make a Star Wars movie. That's two years of your life. No, that's you've true. got no at week. Least. No, at least you probably got no three. weekends. You're gonna you almost die when you're at the end of it. Probably. <laughs> I'm just I'm just imagining <laughs> how Ryan Johnson is feeling right now. But it's like, and then uh, and then people watch it in one sitting. And then it's all. And then it's just all but done. Millions and millions. At least when you make a Star Wars movie, you're not worried about whether or not people are gonna watch it. No, 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 you no. You know, a lot of people spend two years on something and not no one will watch it. But there was a time when they were making Star Wars movies they were like well, I don't know you know before Force Awakens came out they sure. didn't know you know sure. they didn't know they didn't gonna... know they knew they spent four billion dollars acquiring uh, 
They had an idea. That seems like a deal to me, doesn't it? I mean, four billion dollars. It really does, especially especially because Instagram cost a billion. So you're like, right. so Star is Wars true? is only worth four Instagrams? Like, I don't know. I mean, think about the merchandise alone. No, but it's not just Star Wars. They also have Indiana Jones. Oh, oh that's my amazing. god, that is incredible. I, f- I found the picture. That is incredible. You I was... really used um, a lot of powers. There's a lot of blood. Yeah, there's a lot of blood. <laughs> blood. I've used. I've, it's like I've the double exhausted the double a lot of my powers. <laughs> I went on a bender the night before, a power <laughs> bender, and uh, yeah, I got all hopped up on that's Egos. Awesome. Yeah, this was my costume on At Midnight last year. That's oh, wow. But I was 11 for anyone who's listening. It's on Twitter. It's on Instagram. You can find it. Uh, are you guys going to celebrate Halloween in any particular fun way? Um. No, no, because we. I ne- actually never. I never dress up, which is a. I guess people consider it lame, but I was like, I, I, I'm like too self conscious. So I always just watch at least you know a couple scary movies, great scary movies. I'll find people who haven't seen something and make them watch and it. show it to them. Yeah, yeah I'm having some friends like overnight who've never seen Christine, so we're gonna show them mm-hmm. Christine. I haven't done Christine in a while. It's fun. to hold up. There's that's a good movie. A lot of people haven't seen Christine. I mean, if yeah. for anyone, if someone liked Stranger Things, seeing like you see the seeds of that style of filmmaking right. in Christine, like you, it Christine is like super eighties, yeah. Uh, and Keith Gordon is a director, now, yeah. The guy who you know who plays the lead character is a director now. Oh, um, I didn't know but that. Uh, but it but you but the seeds of it just that what is that vibe? Do you have any idea what that aesthetic and that vibe no. is? I don't know how to describe <laughs> it, but it's just so. It's just so 80s. I mean, like, yes. literally everything about it. I guess it's just because it was, like, the dawn of synthesized music yes. and the digital. Like, it was just the technology was just starting to fold in. I guess. I don't know what it is, but it was, you know, we grew up with it. But it's a mix it. of, that's what it is, is a mix of analog and, and then, you know, with the digital it's, but that synthesizer sound is just, I don't know. It's the best. It's the best. It's my favorite thing. I mean, you should release a whole Stranger Things album at this point. <laughs> and it works on anything because when we did like the, the – the tra- like a mock trailer to sell the show in the first place in Netflix. Like we put, we you know we had ET and stuff in there, but we had like John Carpenter, classic John Carpenter music over it. Works over ET, just makes it a little well, scarier. That, <laughs> it works slow, well, really it's well. Easy, it, everyone knows it's easy to turn ET into a horror movie. It is, you oh, know, with that, the yeah. creepy. With I mean, it scarred a lot. I mean, it, it messed. I didn't like actually watching ET much as a kid because it really bo- disturbed me. I mean, well, all yeah, this stuff when he's dying and it's dying. It's like you know, it's a lot. It is a lot. And the people in the suits and, it's, and this, he's just this little fucking turkey like in a, <laughs> you know, in a freezer. It's sad. It, it's sad and just upsetting. And also, you know, like single mom, like fucked up family. Yeah. It's, like it's dark. It's dark and a bummer. Uh, and then somehow at the end, you're like, he's going home. You know, like somehow at the end. That music, man. It is it, the music. But, but then I read, who did I, I just read, I didn't know this fact about E.T. was that there it was a there was a scene, a coda, after the spaceship takes off where they're playing, or they're playing D&D again. They're playing D&D like they were at the beginning of the oh, movie. Oh, shit. At the very end. And then the camera... Um, moves up and it finds like a little like antenna like he's still potentially communicating with with E.T. And they cut it because you can't the power of that ending of, on his face with it. When you they know, just on cut out face. on that No, when you cut out no, but it is I a, mean, Goosebumps thing you mentioned. I know, now. but it's a very bold if you think about it it is a very bold non-traditional ending. It just really cuts out at the highest note. Usually a movie will kind of let you out, down. 
But that's just and like, that just it ends at the highest emotional peak. There's a coda where um, um, uh, Nick Fury shows up and he's like, "All right, we gotta go get that guy." Right now, yeah. that would be at the end of the credits. Well, that's of ET. That's the worst. But that's like that's almost. I mean, it was it was fun for a while, the coda. But the problem is, it's like usually you wait you have to pee like halfway through a movie yeah Yeah. well now i'm going into the third act so i feel like i can't miss anything and you're like how much of the fucking credits do i have to i really have to pee they do like four different things now in the credit (laughs) it's crazy i'm like is it that the last one is there another one this is happening as credits are getting longer and longer yeah 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 exactly it's like more and more visual effects but it gets people to sit through the credits it really does which is a new thing listen i respect it i just just (laughs) i just need netflix won't let you sit through any credits no it's true you no, to, you, have to, you have to make an effort to watch the credits. That annoys me, actually. Well, I put I, I roll Twilight Zone at night. You know, yeah. sometimes when I'm trying to fall asleep, yeah. we'll roll Twilight Zone, and it it jumps past the credits, and I'm like, no, I want the opening I, credits because I need that song. That's part of the. I want the credits. I want, I want the, the opening titles, and I want the credits because I want to. I, that I think is important. It lets you have time to kind of like. Maybe that's an option. Is that an in. option? Can you talk to someone at Netflix? <laughs> People want to do this all the time. Can you talk to someone? You're right. No, I can't. It should be a deep cut option. That so if you actually do care. I thought about you have it. to hit a button though. I didn't think it. I didn't think it. I thought yeah. I thought you have to hit to skip, skip intro the main to title. skip the main title. You have to hit the skip intro. It won't automatically do it anymore. You're saying. On Twilight Zone, it automatically, it automatically, skips, automatically skips the intro. When you're watching, Are you oh, sure? rolling episodes, it's just like I'm not, no, 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 no. I like 15 to, seconds in. Maybe it's new. Something's wrong with mine because Mindhunter doesn't even giving me the option to skip the intro. It doesn't for me either. What is that? I don't know. Did David Fincher pull some strings? I'm gonna have David to, Fincher might have pulled. See, this strings. is what happens. Someone like David Fincher does that, then they have people like us whining. Let's about get Ted Sarandos <laughs> on the phone. We're gonna tell him some of what's concerns. going on. He's probably, probably not doing Why much do I have a skip skip titles? You don't like my titles, Ted? Ted, I want to hear the fucking Twilight Zone theme. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't know. We did purposely keep it. I was like, I want to keep it 45 seconds because I felt like that. When it hit, when these title sequences do hit a minute and a half or, God forbid, work longer, right. I do really want to skip if you're watching multiple in a row. Just for fun. Just for fun. Are you still shooting? Oh, you're already done. Yeah. But just for fun, maybe in season three, just shoot the extended 80s sitcom version of the Stranger Things opening where it tells the whole story in the intro. (laughs) It just gives you the whole, well, they were playing games down in the bit. You know, it's like it gives you the whole, like, Friday night, you know. uh, We need ideas. I mean, so this is good. I'll take this back into the... Writers, writers are. I'm so pleased I was able to help. <laughs> uh, thank you for being here. It was yeah, really it was great to meet you guys. Fun, Congratulations on the show. I'm so excited for it to come back and uh, come back for season three. All right, oh, no, love to, we'll, love to. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. <laughs> now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Welcome to Pura, the most pristine, safe climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here, you're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the outer lands. There's no crime in Pura. No murder, no suicide. And best of all, there's no cost to join us. In Pura, we promise to keep you safe. They killed her! You took everything! In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you. Here, in Pura. The Last City is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery. Enjoy The Last City on the Wondery app 
or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now, ad-free, on Wondery Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com slash plus.